Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Molly Gibson Kirby. Molly is a freelance writer who lives in British Columbia, Canada, with her spouse and young daughter. Molly has a passion for sustainability and eco-friendly living that she shares through writing eco-friendly newsletters for Pila's Everyday Eco and Sustainability Saturday. At home, she has chickens, an overflowing compost bin, and several veggie beds. Molly understands living an intentional, sustainable lifestyle is a work in progress and encourages everyone to just take one action towards a better future. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And that came from this space of being like, you know, sometimes I feel like I've got it. I am conscious. I am here. I have arrived. And there's other days where I'm like, just kidding. I know nothing Uh, Mm -hmm. and everything in between. So I like starting by asking guests, where are you at right now on the spectrum from conscious to clueless, whatever that means to you? How are you feeling right now? Right now, I think I'm pretty conscious. I, um, I mean, I guess it depends on what part of the world and and my life that we're talking about, but for the most part, I really try to be intentional, um, in all aspects of my life. Some of it is obviously clueless and I'm just starting out like I'm a new mom. So that's definitely like a new, new part of um, the things that I'm starting to learn more about, but Mm. yeah, so I'm I'm probably 70, 30. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good ratio. That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, I love that. Congratulations on, on being a new mom. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to first talk about your newsletter because that's the way I found you. And I want to hear about how that started because it is something that I look forward to every single time I open it. I'm just like, I've learned so much. I've shared so much from it. Like, tell us about that. If for listeners that don't know, what is, what am I talking about? And let's go from there. Okay. So, um, I'm a writer first and foremost, and I write these newsletters called everyday eco. Um, and they're posted twice a week through a company called Pila. 
um, they do sustainable kind of phone cases, all that kind of stuff. So they're actually a client of mine. Perfect. You have one. I have one. Is it Pila? Yeah. Pila. Oh, you just changed my life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. Yes. It's some people do say it differently. Um, but they say Pila. Now so I, I, feel, I feel, okay, good, great. That's what I'm going to say from now on and be like, ah, oh, guys, it's Pila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I write these newsletters twice a week. Um, used to be three. Now it's twice a week. And it's just all about kind of everyday eco swaps that people can make from, um, like different products, different ways that they can use something. And then I share two stories. So that can be kind of something news related that's going on um, in the sustainability world. Or if it's something that, you know, a reader has emailed me saying, hey, like, this is what I do um, when it comes to recycling. Like, that would be really great for you to share it. So then I share it with all of the readers through Everyday Eco. So a lot of it comes through the news and then a lot of it comes through my experience um, becoming more of an intentional and eco-friendly, sustainable person. Mm -hmm. Well, how did um, you start working with Pila? So was that something like you were already doing stuff like this or was that a new venture for you? Um, I was doing newsletters and writing, but not with a special um, specialization of everyday eco-sustainability. I was actually referred to Pila because previous to me becoming a mom, I was doing more of a blog um, on my side, just kind of for fun, something that I had been doing for years. And I was sharing a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, And for a while, my spouse and I were also doing an Instagram, um, just about little kind of tips and tricks for Kelowna, where we live, um, about different things that you can do here that some people may not know about. So a friend knew that I did all this kind of stuff and her sister works at Pila. So she referred me to them. And then it's been over a year now of us working together. And it's just really like grown my passion. It's something I've been always passionate about. Um, We live a pretty kind of, we try to live a pretty sustainable life at our house. So it's been a really good kind of meshing of work and then my own passion to, to create it together. That's amazing. And you said, where are you? I'm in Kelowna, Canada. So BC. Got it. I can mm-hmm. tell the little bit of a Canadian accent. <laughs> I'm Minnesotan. So we get it too. I'm like 40 yeah. minutes from the Canadian border. So it's like the same. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I was just traveling and everyone talked about how I had an accent and it's so funny you don't hear it yourself no of course I'm always like what accent what are you yeah. I'm just talking exactly <laughs> um so this interest in sustainability and uh leading more dare I say conscious lifestyle um mm-hmm. where did that come from like where did that inspiration start everyone kind of has their like intro into that world and I'm curious what yours is yeah so for I mean it's been several years now. Um, I met my spouse about five and a bit years ago, and he has a huge passion when it comes to recycling and not wasting and, you know, really trying to better the earth. Um, so his passion became my passion. So essentially he brought it on to me. Um, I had always, you know, grown up composting and and that Mm. kind of stuff, but 
lately for the past like three years, it's been more like buying quality over quantity, really considering what the brands that we purchase from, how we make our food, how we compost and that kind of stuff. So I grew up in Nova Scotia and it's mandatory to compost there. You can get fined if you don't compost. No way. Yeah. They have like food waste bins and they come just like your recycling and your garbage. And so I grew up doing that. Um, and it was just always like, I just knew that's what I did. My mom was a horticulturalist, so she was very big into gardening as well. Um, and then I moved out West and in BC, it's not like that. So, um, when we bought our house, we bought a, like a composter for the backyard. Um, we have chickens as well. So we started to kind of make that urban, um, like homestead, I guess, Mm -hmm. and really pay attention to, you know, being able to not put everything in the garbage and recycling it correctly and putting it in the compost. So that like that household stuff is really how my passion started for everything. And then it's kind of like sprouted off to everything about my clothing and the makeup and, you know, clean products and all that kind of stuff. And like really now being considered of what we give our daughter and the products we put on her and the, the way that like she's close to my body. So I want to make sure that I'm putting mm. good things on my body. So it's, it's by her. So yeah, it's, that's, that's essentially how it started and where it's going right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. And what I love about that is it was just one thing, right? Like it was just composting and yeah. then that kind of <laughs> snowballed in a great yeah. way. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what you think about, you're the second person I've talked to in the last couple of weeks that's talked about um, having a composting pickup that somebody I interviewed that is in Colorado has mm-hmm. that and that is that's foreign to me that's and I mean I've heard of it but I think it's so cool did do you think that it was impactful what like what is in Nova Scotia if it's um you could be fined if you don't do it like what it what do people think of it is it just a norm like I'm just so curious how that looks yeah I think it's mostly the norm because that's how, and I mean, if you've grown up in Nova Scotia and you lived there your whole life, that's all, you know, right. So if they find food waste in your garbage, and I assume that it's still the same way, um, we might have to do some fact checking on that because I haven't <laughs> lived in Nova Scotia for a, quite a while, but, um, yeah, if they found garbage or sorry, if they found food waste in your garbage, they wouldn't pick your garbage up. So you would have to put it in your composting bin, which they also pick up. Um, So yeah, it was really normal for us. Like I didn't, I didn't see it being, you know, anything different. And then now being in BC and I see people put food waste in the garbage, I'm just shocked at that because for me, that just seems so crazy because, you know, that food waste is going to the landfill and it's going to take so much longer to decompose, but if you put it in the compost, like Nova Scotia, or, you know, the different cities that do have the compost pickup, then it goes into the correct place. It decomposes so quickly, and then you can use that. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have that pickup right now in our city. Um, so we have big compost bins in our backyard, and we encourage our friends and family to, to take their compost and bring it to our house so we can use it. So we have several people doing that now. Um, until maybe one day that our city changes and, you know, there's 
there's hope that it will. There's organizations right. in my city that you can drop off your compost to them. They okay. don't pick it up, but you can go, you know, do the, the same thing if you don't have space in your own backyard. So it's nice. Yeah, it's totally nice. It, it helps the people that do live in condos and apartments and right. don't have the big yard to be able to do that or have no interest in having it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yard. what I was thinking too. I was like, some people are just like, yeah, I'm on board, but I don't want to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I truly think it was the norm for me growing up. And, um, I was more so shocked when I moved somewhere that didn't do that because I just, it just makes sense to me. So (laughs) it makes me sad when big cities, you know, have the ability to, but they haven't made that progress yet. So yeah, fingers crossed the cities kind of understand what what's happening and, and maybe make a good change in the future. Does that mean that restaurants as well were composting all of that? And yeah, that, that is one that boggles my mind quite frequently is all of that waste. Yeah. Going going to waste. (laughs) When you see like the, you know, the good food that's in the the garbage at the end of the day or a supermarket and, you know, that kind of stuff, like it just, it makes me so upset because I know you know, that could be used for someone like some of the homeless or yes. you know, someone that's, you know, struggling and, and doesn't have the ability to buy the fresh food. Um, side note, my spouse and I, um, we volunteer at a farm every summer and mm-hmm. all of the food that we grow is given to organizations in our city that help um, provide food for families that couldn't afford it. Oh, wow. Um, And last summer, someone came and they were talking about how a little kid had tried green beans for the first time and he was in love with them and he had never tried them before because his mom and they were explaining how, you know, fresh food is really hard for people struggling with an income to buy because it doesn't have a set price. So they go to the supermarket and they say, oh, this is whatever it is per pound, but they don't, they can't figure that out. So yeah. then they just move on and get frozen. So they, you know, so many people haven't had the ability to try this fresh food. And then we see supermarkets throw it away at the end of the day. And, you know, that could have been gone to that family and, and tried another vegetable for the first time. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's the thing too, besides even the um, ecological impact of that kind of waste, but just the like direct, like you're saying, impact of some people are being are hungry every single night and thousands of pounds of food is just in the trash. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things when you say it out loud like that, you're like, this doesn't add up. Yeah. That's, it's such an easy change, Mm -hmm. but like everything, it's so hard to make sure that the huge, big billionaire corporations are the one that are making the changes where us little people can do all this stuff, which is phenomenal, but we need those bigger people to make the changes, you know, to, to see actual progress. Yeah. Personally, that's what I believe. Yeah. So you're getting at something I wanted to talk to you about actually, because of some of the things in I've seen in your newsletter is that um, individual versus, and it doesn't have to be versus, but I think sometimes it's often mm-hmm. pitted as like, is it the individual action I do or is it the big, you know, I don't know, capital A action Mm -hmm. with like that kind of global or um, national impact? What do you say when people are like, 
do my individual actions matter? Like, what is your response Mm -hmm. to that? Immediately? Yes, it does. Because if someone doesn't make that change, then someone else is just not going to make that change. And they're going to say, it doesn't matter, you know, and then five more people in your circle and then their circle, no one's going to make the change. So if you lead by example, Mm -hmm. I find that it encourages other people to make those changes. And then it happens gradually on a bigger scale. So it's both important. It's important that you do your part and you try, you know, with within your means, right? Like I'm a white woman who lives a privileged life and I have the ability to spend more on certain things. Not everyone has that ability. So you do what's in your means um, to make those changes. And then when you do have more of a means and then you start to consider your money being a vote essentially. Yeah. So you're using your money to tell these organizations and companies and corporations what people actually want. Mm-hmm. So if we continue to buy, you know, just say the bottled water, right. Then they're going to keep knowing, okay, people want it. Right. But eventually when people start using their own bottles and refilling everything, they're realizing, oh, this isn't actually like the future that people want, sustainability is more a factor. Mm-hmm. So like one thing is I went to the mall yesterday and at the body shop in our town, um, they have a refill station. Oh, wow. So you can refill their products um, and, and do it without having to buy more bottles. So this is like a really cool example because I don't normally shop at the body shop because a lot of their packaging is plastic. Yeah. And I'll go to my local zero waste store and refill things like dish soap and and that kind of stuff. But now seeing that that's a huge progression from a big organization or company because they're seeing, okay, I need to do something different because all of these individual actions from people are showing me that I need to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's both important. I think, you know, we can continue to try and try and try our individual things, but at the end of the day, the big corporations do need to make a change. So it's tough. You, you have to do both. Yeah, absolutely. I love that answer too, because I think um, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when I very first kind of was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to live more sustainably. I, which is what I do with most things. I jumped in and I was like, I'm hundred percent in, I have to be zero waste. I have to be perfect. Someone gave me a straw at a bar once I almost cried. I mean, it was a lot too. I have eased up and, um, realized that you can't be perfect in an imperfect world. There's no world. such thing as perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, one of my favorite quotes from a guest that I had at the very beginning, just like, she just looked at me and she was like, you can't be perfect in an imperfect world. And I was like, why didn't anybody tell me? Um, but I think that it takes that individual guilt off mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. realize that like, yes, you have a voice you have, um, especially with privilege, you have a, um, I would say you should do the right thing, right? Like you just have a, there's a moral imperative, but also it's not all on us. No. Um, and I think you described that really well. Yeah, I was I was writing a newsletter today actually all about eco eco anxiety and I think the same thing goes with 
waste, right? Like there is this waste anxiety where you think, oh my God, I just bought this thing and it's in plastic. I'm horrible. You know, I, I, I just will stop everything. And, you know, I can't do this anymore, but zero waste is so not sustainable. No, it like at the end of the day, like it became this fad really quickly and everyone wanted to do it, but then everyone got, not everyone, a lot of people got anxiety about it because they weren't doing it perfectly and they felt like failures. So like low waste or just being more conscious of what you're buying yeah, and making those small changes. So you don't feel super guilty. Like you want to stop right away because your changes do matter. Yes, absolutely. I think there is that anxiety is so real and is so, so, real. so, so real, especially in the beginning. If, if I would have had your newsletter in the beginning of that <laughs> journey, I think I would have been up, you know, set up for success better. But when you are, you know, stumbling across things on the internet and you decide to make these changes and you don't necessarily have people around you that are of the same mindset, which no judgment, but just mm-hmm. if you don't, it does, it also feels pretty isolating. Like you kind of, I don't know if you've had this experience, I'd be curious, but there'd been a few times where I'm like, am I crazy? Like, is, is this, does this matter? Cause I feel like I'm on an Island. Does, do you or, ever feel that? A hundred percent. Or you feel like you're not doing too much, but like are so over the top. We're like, we're really big into recycling at our house. And mm-hmm. in Kelowna, if you go to the recycling depot, you can recycle a lot more stuff than just what you get picked up at your okay. um, like weekly curb. Yep. So you can recycle chip bags and all plastics. And like, wow. there's so much more that you can do, but you have to take the initiative and do it yourself. So we have in our playroom, a bunch of bins that are for all the different recycling and we've gotten used to doing it. But like when our friends come to visit, they're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm scared to put something in your garbage because what if it's recycling and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So they feel intimidated by yes. my, my journey is different than their journey where they see me and they're like, that's very unattainable because this, this, and this. Right. So it's realizing that like everyone is on their own separate journey um, and everyone's at different levels and You just have to kind of encourage or just lead by example and then other people will get there. Um, But yeah, like there are times where I feel alone. Um, But at at the end of the day, I'd rather feel that way and be making the changes because then I feel better about myself and the future that I'm leaving for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it can be lonely. It can be really lonely, but thankfully I think like with social media and the newsletters and like yeah. your community on your Instagram, like all those yeah. things make it feel like you can be part of something more. And that can be encouraging for you to do more and continue. Right. This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry, empower vegans and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win, win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. 
I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at TerraSeed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. This podcast is supported by She Thinks. Thinks are washable, reusable period underwear. They look and feel just like normal underwear, but better. Every pair of Thinks is made with their signature innovative technology for the ultimate period protection. Their breathable products are safely made with cotton, nylon, and elastin for a little stretch. I am seriously obsessed with my Thinks underwear. They have changed my periods. Try them yourself or get someone the best gift ever with a sweet little discount code. Go to shethinks.com slash Carly for $10 off your order today. Again, that's shethinks.com forward slash C-A-R-L-Y for $10 off your order. Try Thinks today. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked with a lot of guests about this um, specifically when talking about being vegan or plant-based, how there's like this phase in the beginning, like literally you're just an angry vegan. You're just like, wow, everything sucks. The food system is garbage. Everyone has lied to me. Why aren't you listening to me? I 110% hit that phase mm-hmm. right out the gate mm-hmm. and, um, will fully own that. But I think that happens with a lot of these issues. Like I remember in my literally women's studies 101 course when I went to college and hadn't been presented with some of those ideas about sexism. And I was like, oh God, yeah. Like, you know, it just pisses you off sometimes. Did you feel that way with any of these things? Like, did you go through that phase where you're just like, this is horseshit? <laughs> like, I, I still go through those phases. It makes me so angry when I read something about, you know, whatever it may be where I'm like, can you not get it through your head that this needs to change? Yeah. And I get so angry and I get, you know, like it's so frustrating to see that the progress isn't being made like it should be. Right. Um, but then I just try to remember that everyone is at their own different level and like feel encouraged that maybe those things can change and people or people may not know, right. They may not understand what they should be doing. And that comes with education, but not like harshing on someone and like, you know, shaming them for not being at the same level as you. I think that's really important not to do because then that will stop them from ever continuing and making the change. I think doing it, um, in a nice, gentle way is a really good idea, but yeah, like I was recently traveling um, and we were in England and we were at a train station and there was a garbage, a recycling and a liquid section. So you could take your takeaway coffee and pour the rest out into this liquid section, put the plastic lid in the one section and then the paper cup in the second section. And I was shocked because I was like, this is England. Why can't Canada do this? Like I was so, I've never seen that. I know. And, and I saw it at multiple different places in England where I, I was so excited over that seeing it, but then at the exact same moment, I was so mad that our country hasn't done that because it, that in itself is such a simple change. Yeah. 
So yeah. you get frustrated, right? You get mm-hmm. so angry about those little things that can be so quickly and, or the straws at the restaurant. And there's so many, you know, different things where it's so easy to get angry, but then I just really try to let that anger go because mm-hmm you can just go down that rabbit hole of anger and it's not going to be productive. No, continue to get angry and angry, and then you're going to want to quit. And then all you're going to do is complain and not make any changes. And then you're going to go to bed and be depressed and anxious about the state of the world. Absolutely. Been there, done that check that box. Me too. A couple times. I mean, I was curious, we've kind of started to get into this, but I was curious if you know, you're writing this newsletter a couple times a week where your job is to look at those news stories, look at, you know, the progress, which inevitably makes you look at the things that's, that aren't getting done. And I mean, I think you kind of just answered it, but I just wanted to throw that out there that that must take a lot of mindfulness on your part too, to be engulfed in that world all the time and not just be pissed. Yeah. So I went to um, college for journalism and I worked as a journalist for several years and I eventually made a switch out of journalism because I couldn't handle the bad news. It was so depressing and my mental health couldn't handle it. So while I write these newsletters, I really try to focus on the positive or the, you know, this is a shitty story this is what we can do to make a change, or this is the next phase that we can do. Um, Or, you know, try to think of the optimism part of it to, I don't want someone to read these newsletters and then be depressed. Right. And like, you know, not, um, not know where to go from here. Um, So I really try to encourage the readers to think, thoughtfully and Mm -hmm. intentionally and then figure out a change that they can do. Um, But yeah, it's really easy to get depressed and upset about the state of the world. And I'll read these, these stats. I was reading stuff about garbage today and I just wanted to cry. Yeah. The amount of waste that people, you know, produce just in America, it said 4.9 pounds a day per person. Yeah. Like that, that's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. So those, those are the things where I like, I read it, I let it sink in. And then I'm like, okay, so I see this stat. This is the, how much garbage people produce. What can I do tomorrow or today Mm. to help lessen that for me? I will compost. So it doesn't go in the landfill. Yep. I'll donate my clothes instead of throwing them out. I'll repurpose something into a rag, like those little tiny things do make the difference like we talked about previously mm-hmm. because that's lessening my poundage of waste a year right and it's giving you a way to see progress mm-hmm. i think what what happens too when you try and do everything so fast like that would be my that i did a solo episode months ago about like kind of how to start living sustainably like where do you start and one of my biggest things is again that i wish i would have had in the beginning of my journey is just like don't throw all your shit away and think you need to buy all these new things. And, you know, that's part of greenwashing, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't, I didn't need to buy a bamboo silverware set for my purse. I could have thrown a fork in there from my drawer, Mm -hmm. but like stuff like that, like that was also really anxiety inducing too. Cause I was like, I don't have the right tools to Mm -hmm. be eco-friendly, but we already do. 
right? Yes. Like trendy, eco-friendly. That's a new thing where you have to have the exact thing to feel like you're making a change, but that in itself is just a marketing scam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really, um, hard to, it's, I think like that I find even more frustrating almost because I feel like I'm like, it's taking advantage of these people that maybe don't have time like you and I do to sit and look up. Like I want a new, um, I, I rarely wear makeup, but I was like, I want mascara. I probably took four months to look because I'm like such a psychopath sometimes on like researching like the company and the packaging and is it vegan and is it this and like yeah that's really lovely that I had that time but mm -hmm. there are people that want to make those sustainable changes that are like I just like just someone tell me what to do and that mm -hmm. greenwashing makes people think they are but they aren't necessarily and that pisses me off yeah that's the biggest thing when you know, I see the big corporations like H&M or, you know, Boy. whoever come out with the sustainability collection or the conscious collection. And, and for so many people, they think that that's the right thing. Mm -hmm. And, and to an extent, if that's their journey level, if right. they can make that one change from the normal collection to that collection, well, it may actually still be shit. Yeah. That's still one step in their progression, True, but I see it overall. And I'm so angry that they're doing that and like conning people into thinking that they're making these big changes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a tough world. Um, when it comes to making those changes and being, and having the time to, to do the research, like you said, like it takes a lot of time and consideration to really be thinking about all of these things. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's, it's frustrating when, you know, you think you're making a change and then you realize, Oh, that isn't vegan or, Oh, yeah. that, you know, like that company actually isn't the best. And there is this other company that's better. Um, but I think it's just at the end of the day, really, you know, thinking about, your main priorities in your life and slowly making those changes. And easily you can go online and say, okay, like, like you said, I wanted and I got a new cutlery set. Mm -hmm. You can Google, you know, how to utilize the products you already have before going out and buying another eco-friendly version. And I think that's like a huge thing that I really try to tell people is like, you don't need that bamboo set or you don't need five metal straws. You don't need, you know, an eco-friendly, sustainable vegan face wash when you still have a full face wash yes. that you have in your sink. Like, let's use that one first. That's more of a sustainable swap is to yep. use what you have before then going out and making another purchase. Yes, absolutely. But that's all stuff that you learn through time, mm -hmm. time and effort and through other people. And, and like it, it is forever a journey. You'll absolutely. never get to that end point and be like, okay, done. I wash my hands clean. I'm sustainable. I'm vegan. I'm this, this, this. That's what I'm I was looking for. Perfect. I was looking yeah. for that end point where I could be like, whew, that was exhausting, but I have arrived. Yeah. But then you realize like, you don't do that until you're dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like really, like, I mean, 
there's always going to be something new. Yeah. There will always be a new product. There will be always be a new company. There will always be another company to stop supporting. Like it's, it's circular. Like you'll never be done. Um, and everyone will always be at a different journey point. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good thing for me to always be reminded of. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing that I've been really trying, especially with the newsletters, realizing that like my level is different than everyone else's level. And, you know, my level is, could be lower and can be higher. I'm not perfect. Right. Like I still buy, you know, this stuff that's not all sustainable and not all vegan and not all that stuff. Right. That's that one thing is not my next step. Right. And eventually it might be my next step, but right now there's other priorities and accepting that, like, I'm a work in progress and you're a work in progress and everyone is, and we're all just trying our best. And we all just want to go to bed happy at the end of the night. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. One thing that, um, Ashley Piper, she wrote how to give a shit. Mm -hmm. Um, the book I had her on a few months ago and something she said that I have shared with quite a few people now that, I mean, it's like makes, it's one of those things that she said and made so much. I was like, yeah, duh. But the way she said it was so helpful because she's like, you got to prioritize. Like, is it, you know, like make a list, even write out a list. Like, what are your priorities right now? Is it vegan? Like for me, I won't buy a product that's not vegan. So I know that's like a pretty high up on the list. Mm -hmm. Is it plastic free? Is it paraben free? Or, you know, like what are Mm -hmm. your kind of like things and know that all the boxes aren't always going to be checked and try and go for your priorities, but just know that they're not always going to be all there. And that was really helpful to be like, yeah, when buying laundry detergent, what is this priority? Is it that it's this, this, and this, or is it that it's this, this, and this? Cause you can't mm-hmm. always have it all. And also realize that you can have this idea and it can change or you can yeah. make a mistake. So like when we were pregnant, we got cloth diapers. We are ready to cloth diaper. Like it was a big thing that we knew that we were going to do. It's in the drawer. And then she came and she explodes out of every single cloth diaper. Like it doesn't contain her stuff. So right now (laughs) that is not our priority. So then we decided, okay, so we'll just try to buy better diapers. We'll try to buy decompostable wipes, like, and make it the the next best thing with maybe the future we will try again and maybe when she's older it'll be easier but that was a really big guilt where for a while I was like I can't believe I'm putting this stuff into a landfill but at the end of the day I had to accept that 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 wasn't where we were at this point and maybe one day we'll get there but it's okay not to be perfect and it's okay to sadly produce some waste yeah if your mental health is what you need to be focused on and and I I couldn't couldn't give her cloth diapers because she just exploded everywhere and then everything was a mess so I was just gonna say and like literally when shit's exploding is when you want to prioritize that situation (laughs) a hundred percent so they're still in her drawer I still am hopeful that like I can get there yeah but at that time I couldn't do it so I had this idea, this plan, this action, and then it wasn't a mistake, but it was just not feasible at the time. Yeah. And I had to accept that. So, you know, you're allowed 
people are going to make mistakes. People are going to fail. People are going to try something and realize, okay, I can't be vegan right now. Right. So let's buy quality meat from a local farm, you know, sustainably sourced, whatever it may be. Right. Um, and realizing that this world is not a black and white world when it comes to sustainability. For me, I don't think it is. There's so much gray mm-hmm. and it's okay to be in that gray zone. Absolutely. I'm really glad you brought up that example of the diapers because I was curious about how it's been having a little one and how that's been for your sustainable journey because that I I don't have personal experience. Mm-hmm. I don't have children, uh, but I imagine that that is a challenge in terms of food. And I know like clothes and toys, I think we're at a point where you can be you know, like reuse kind of thing. But in terms of some of that other stuff, like, are you struggling with that? Like that you mentioned the diaper thing. How's that going? It's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, like the overconsumption of everything. That's mm. the thing that I struggle with the most. So she's eight months in a couple okay. of days. And so we had her first Christmas and she got so much stuff that, you know, from like other people. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't buy her one Christmas gift because we realized that she wasn't going to like, it is what it is. She's six months old. I was just going to say also she's six months old. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter, but she got so much stuff from other people. And I had a lot of guilt around that bringing so much stuff into our, our house. Um, so that was really hard. And, and I think like with the diapers and, and other decisions, uh, it is a lot to consider. Um, when we feed her, we're trying to do it really intentionally, mm-hmm. um, without the packaged foods. And that's a really big conversation for our parents and my mother-in-law, um, because the, the older generation doesn't understand necessarily, um, where we're at when it comes to just feeding her the whole foods yeah, and not the processed foods. So while that's not really like in the sustainable world, it, it is in a way because we don't want to do the packaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's been very interesting. We, I, I look at all the products that we have for her and make sure that it's all good stuff. And it's made me a lot more conscious of, you know, what we bring into our home and the chemicals that are on things that I don't want to do. Like I want to stuff. Um, it's been a journey. It definitely has been a journey. And I had this mentality of going in that like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to have plastic toys, blah, blah, blah. But you know, with your first for us, we got gifted a lot of secondhand stuff. So we Mm -hmm. were so grateful that like a lot of her toys, we, we had from friends from future or from past kids. Nice. That's, you know, reusing things. And that was really good. And her clothes the same way. Um, we've gotten pretty much all of her stuff off Facebook marketplace Mm because we don't want to buy everything new, like her high chair and, you know, all those, those products. Um, so finding those little ways on how to be Mm -hmm. eco-friendly and then feeding her the good foods for us is really, really important. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think it's going to continue to be interesting. And the more she grows up 
And when she starts having her own views and opinions and, you know, wants and, and needs and um, desires and her sharing those things with us and, and making sure that we accept who she is and the things that she wants, but also trying to raise her into this intentional being that we hope she can become. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had to draw boundaries or do you think you will have to draw boundaries? Like you mentioned with family and and parents and stuff. I know um, uh, a colleague of mine who had, um, well, he's older now, but when he, he was little, her son, she like really didn't want plastic toys. She asked if she'd ask often, like, he really doesn't need anything. He has so much shit. Like, I, I'm, you know, like for his birthday, do this or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. she tried to be really intentional about that. And we'd be sp- some places and someone would like bust out all these toys and you could just see her kind of like flinching and being like, no one's listening. And like, like you said, like it would, it's okay to not be perfect, but at the same time, like, I don't know, those boundaries should be mm-hmm. respected too. Have you had to do that? Or do you think you will in the future? have and will have to for sure like I think since becoming a mom I've become a lot more aware of how important boundaries are Mm. um for her for me you know there's so much to it um and Christmas is a really good example like she didn't need all that stuff and while you know it's super important I understand that our parents and and family and friends want to gift her something because for them, it's special. Right. But at the end of the day, we need to consider what we want to bring into our house and the quality of the stuff as well. Right. So I was talking to a friend who I really look up to and her and how she's raising her daughter. And she said that she's asked her family not to give them gifts, but she's decided her and her husband decide every year for her birthday and her Christmas, one big thing that they want to purchase for her that's educational, that's whatever it may be. And they let friends and family know and they can contribute to that gift. So they're oh, that's genius. Yeah. One, one gift, a card with everyone's name. So the kid can feel so loved that they have this amazing thing that we wouldn't probably buy because it would, it will be, you know, a a different expense, but if everyone in our life contributes to it and buys her this amazing sandbox or whatever it may be, um, that's something I'm really interested in, in doing, um, and just, and having those conversations and, and boundaries is, it's a really hard thing to, to put in place, but to consider, are you buying this for, her name's Florence, are you buying this for Florence for Florence, or are you buying it for you to feel special and feel something yourself? And that's the conversation where we need to go and, and make sure that it's doing the right thing for her, for you, but like in, in the best way possible. So yeah, boundaries are, they're something that, that we will continuously have to put in place. Yeah. And I think that sentence that you said is so crucial and can be applied in so many ways in terms of gift giving. And, you know, I think what are you doing it for? Mm -hmm. What are you doing it for? Cause a lot of people, that's their love language. Yeah. And mine, my, I gifts is one of my love languages. It really is. Um, so it's interesting how I'm quite closed off when it comes to gifting for her. 
and there's, there's probably so much to unpack there, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it, you really need to consider why you're gifting this certain thing to someone. Yeah. That's so interesting. That kind of spurred a whole nother thing in my brain too, of just like, why are you purchasing this? Cause we ask that, or we, I guess in the sustainable world, like if you follow accounts or whatever, you see a lot of that, like, why am I purchasing this? That's a good question. But in terms of how are you, why are you purchasing this for somebody else? That's a, that's an even more interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my friend. She said that she said that she was talking to her mother-in-law and said, are you buying this for your granddaughter? Or are you buying this for your granddaughter to think you're special because she's getting something separate from you and not going with everyone else? So there's so much there, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's a lot to, to really consider. And like, you know, I grew up, um, getting gifts from the Salvation Army. My mom couldn't afford it. So I grew up thrifting and, and getting yeah. the secondhand stuff. So I just, I'm so okay with our daughter having the same experience where I think it's feeling, it feels overwhelming for me, partially because I never had that experience, but also mm. like, she's not even one. Like she doesn't get it. <laughs> That's the other thing I was going to say is she's still so little. Yeah. But, but then that makes me consider like, okay, we need to set these boundaries because come the time she actually understands, I don't want her to feel like not appreciative of the the special gift she does get and expect so much more because that's the overconsumption at Christmas time. Right. Like I grew up and I had one gift from Santa and one gift from my parents. Yeah. And that was it. But now there's so much marketing and media and consumption consumerism sorry mm-hmm. over you know getting so much stuff so yeah that's going to be a tough thing in the future that's so interesting i feel like we could do a whole episode someday or maybe like a check in of just like eco parenting because yeah. that is something i think as as sustainability moves from just a trend to like more of a um conversation that is just norm, you know, maybe more into a norm again. I think that is going to be a huge thing people are needing help with and needing guidance on because I I can't imagine just like when you mentioned that you, you know, had a new babe in the house, the first thing in my head was like, how does that work with sustainability? Yeah, it's really tough. Like, we, you know, we really try, but there's so much more to it where we're like, at like the priorities thing. So is that, you know, I look at her life at her different factors and figure out her priority when it comes to sustainability. So, you know, wipes and diapers are getting up there and the, the toys that she has, or, you know, the quality of clothing, not so much because she grows so quickly and it sounds like she's a bit messy <laughs> and she's a messy girl. So like, that's not my priority where right. a lot of people I look on social media, that's a priority of theirs. But to me, I just buy all of her clothing secondhand because it's going to get all stained anyway. So I'm not going to spend $40 on, you know, a hundred percent cotton onesie that she poos through. Yeah. And that she wears for like four weeks. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely like, I'd love to do another check-in when I feel like more of a seasoned parent. Cause I'm still in the thick of it. Like I yeah. haven't figured it out. I'm more clueless on that side of yeah, things. Yeah. Cause I'm just starting and trying to figure out, you know, where, where that world comes into play. And 
And right now, I think it will be a lot different when she's eating more too, right? Like she's just starting solid. So I'm making her, her like homemade baby food that I make on my own. But when she starts to want those crackers and, you know, all the The applesauce packages and all that stuff, that'll be a whole nother ball game. Yeah. And it'll probably be really interesting to see, hopefully your newsletter reflect that once in a while too, because you do talk about stuff like that anyway, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm sure you'll be finding products and stuff as you go that are like, this is a great option. Thank God I found this for her. So that'll be really fun to see that reflected. It's enjoy. I I really enjoy being able to share like my progress on the newsletter because then it, it helps other people realize that like, I'm not writing these as the person to look up to because I'm just at everyone else's level trying to figure it all out and make different changes. I'm just sharing the changes that I make to hopefully inspire other people. And if, you know, I find a change when it comes to household stuff, I want to share it. If I find a change for baby stuff, I'll share it. Right. Um, But it is important that I do say that like, I'm not the person to look up to because everyone's figuring it out on their own. Yeah. I love that. That's kind of why I started this podcast was just to have these conversations and Mm -hmm. about like how to be healthier and happier, whatever that means. And it's not because I am the epitome of that. It is because I'm wanting to know more too. Selfishly. I'm just like, so glad I started this podcast because I've met the coolest people. (laughs) And it's just nice to be able to have a conversation to to tell people and to show people that like this is something we need to talk about and to have open vulnerable conversations about where we're stuck what we want to change where we're not sure how to change to ask for someone's help on how to you know make the next step there's so much to it and being able to have these conversations and like have your different guests like that helps so many people yeah, absolutely. I I am so enjoying this conversation, but I also want to be cognizant of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because I could talk about this stuff till I'm blue in the face, which I'm sure you relate. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you are like burning to sh- it's like, a, like burning, you know, like you want to share it or anything like that you're working on that you want to share that I haven't given you space to at all? I just want to encourage people to start like that's the Mm. biggest scariest part and I'm sure other guests say the same thing but like sometimes you just need that reminder that you know it is really scary because there's so much that we feel like we need to change because we read the news and we see all the shit that's going on right and it's a really scary world to be living in right now Mm -hmm. um but those little actions really do make a difference. Um, and it's the easiest, simplest swaps will help encourage you to then continue. So, you know, if you pick one room in your house, the bathroom is really an easy place to start. So, you know, swap out your, your uh, shampoo and conditioner to bars and swap out your shower gel to a bar of soap. Like those are so simple. Um, and they're great. Like we have a, a company that we buy our shower products from and we've used them for years and we absolutely love them. And it's a bar that I have really thick hair and it, it works amazingly and I will never swap out from them again. So, um, start at one place in your house and just start little by little, 
use what you have, but then, you know, start making those changes. And then that will encourage your yourself to continue on. Um, but you just have to start, you have to make that jump, that jump and the leap is the hardest and most scariest thing, but like, you won't regret it. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful place to land. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If that's somewhere like Apple Podcasts, leave a review and you could be read on air as the review of the week. Looking for more podcast content, yoga videos, meditations, and all-around amazing community? Head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out what's going on. And finally, if you are ready to make changes in your life but don't really know where to begin, let's work together. Head over to consciouslycarly.com and we can start the process and get you happy. Until next time. Thank you.